I just saw a talk where there mentions how Hashem uses a similar expression regarding our steps that he uses for the base of Migdash. There's an Apostolic Migdash Hashem Kainadecha, the base of Migdash who you built with your hands, I mean. And it also says, Hashem prepares the steps of man. So Kainano, the same word Hashem uses for the base of Migdash, he builds the base of Migdash, is also how he builds our steps. And there was highlighting how every word and every thought and every place that a Jew is in, although it may seem like it's just one moment, one space, but it's, we are called the first fruits of the world. We're called the, the first thought of Hashem had was for the Jewish people. And just like the fruits are supposed to be bought in the Beis Hamikdash, so too that the tiniest, um, the tiniest moment in your life, you might think it's just a nothing little thing, but it's it's not a nothing little thing. It's it's by divine providence. So, um, uh, so if we had a little technical technical difficulties to start. It's, it's there's a reason. Here we go. Um, in the um, chapter that we just did, chapter thirty, we learned about how. Um, Hashem's infinite light is beyond the revelation and beyond concealment and therefore when Hashem's infinite light is revealed it causes a convergence and the right balance between revelation and concealment so that they work together synergistically and how this infinite light of Hashem is drawn down through the study of Torah now we're going to continue and learn more about Torah and the infinite light of Hashem and why they work together and why the study of Torah specifically is what draws down the infinite light of Hashem. It's known, the meaning of the Pasuk, God founded, established the earth with wisdom. It's the wisdom of Torah specifically with, with which Hashem builds the world. The infinite light of Hashem does not rest anywhere else other than the wisdom of Torah. Why? The Torah preceded the world. When we say that, that's what the Gemara says, the Torah, the Torah preceded the world. It doesn't only mean the Torah existed before the world, this physical world, but the Torah is beyond everything. The Torah is one with Hashem's essence. The Torah and Hashem are one. And because the Torah and Hashem are one, Therefore, the Torah is the right medium to draw down the, Hashem, the essence of Hashem's light into the world. As it says in the Pasuk, I, the Torah says about itself, I was to him delight. The power of delight, power of pleasure in a person is a very, um, it's a very deep thing. It's in Hasidus there's a discussion if pleasure is higher than desire. Does pleasure motivate desire? Desire motivate what things you choose to have pleasure from? Uh, it's called a, uh, the Hasidic roller coaster because there's a very deep discussion about it in the, the discourses of Rashab about mm-hmm. desire and will, which is higher desire or will or will. You sit there, it's for you. Enjoy. Desire or will. Either way, for our purposes, uh, desire or pleasure, desire or pleasure. So anyways, but in pleasure itself, there are different kinds of pleasure. There's pleasure from something, something outside yourself, and there's a pleasure that touches your very being. Pleasure not associated with any, any entity. Rabbi Reinitz Sangazunt, um, he was the mashpia uh, in New Haven when I was studying there, and he said, he asked the Baal Taiva, he asked someone who was very into, into enjoying things, 
What is it? What is the meaning of chasidus from pleasure from yourself? What does that mean? So this is what he's told Rabbi Reinitz. So you go to the mikveh in the morning, put on fresh clothing, and you enjoy yourself. <laughs> that's that's how he, that's what this Baal Taiva uh, it must have been, it must have been a little. Ah, you do. That's, so, so that, that, yeah, so that's that, that's how he he interpreted Tainug Atzmi Abilti Murkov. Guess Rabbi Reinus, you know, didn't, didn't wasn't familiar with all these kinds of with, with Tainug in general, you know, was into higher stuff. Either way, so um, so there's Tainug Murkov. There's pleasure from an idea. There's pleasure from music. There's pleasure from 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 kindness. All the, the very deep pleasure. Then there's what's called Tainug Pashut, a pleasure that involves it's a simple pleasure in yourself, not associated with anything on the outside. Um, so the Torah is called the pleasure of Hashem's essence. It's called the light of the king in his essence. It is Hashem's pleasure, Hashem's simple and essential pleasure. Completely above wisdom. Wisdom, Chachma, is a, a, something that Hashem created in the world of Atzilus. This is way beyond Atzilus. This is... This is this is Hashem's pleasure in the Torah, which is beyond the um, Hashem's pleasure, which is higher than the wisdom of Torah. Pleasure has in it two kinds of things. There's Erchezer and Eryosha in pleasure itself. Erchezer um, means that you are being taken away from yourself. And Eryosha means that you are going back into yourself. For the purposes of this, of this chapter, in other discourses, is the, the different translation of Erechaz Yosha. Regarding pleasure, there is going away and it's coming back. When you have a really deep pleasure, it could be something that overwhelms you. And then, but after it overwhelms you, it, like, it animates you. So the, at the moment, it was like, wow. And then, but afterwards, it's like, ah, you, you feel, you spring in your step, you feel, you feel alive. That's why the word pleasure here has the word shin ayin twice. What does shin ayin mean? Sha shuyim has sha shuyim. It has two times the word sha. What does sha mean? The word sha means to turn. As it says in the Pasuk, God turned to Havel. Sha. So the idea of pleasure having the word turn in it twice because in pleasure there are two movements in pleasure but unlike by human being the analogy I just gave where your pleasure is taking you away from yourself and you're just like overwhelmed by the experience and there is like ah, it's, 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 it's something which, which, which is integrated, something which, is, which animates you by the Torah, <coughs> the pleasure of Hashem we're not talking about two different feelings we're talking about Something which includes them both. Uh, someone just uh, made took a portrait of my of my family, Baruch Hashem. I did a really good job, and so I, I and so I looked at the pleasure. Ah, wow! I thought, whoa, amazing. And then I'm like, oh, this is a great thing. You know, it, it, you hear the difference? It's amazing. Whoa! And then it's like, ah, it's like you're, 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 it was a pleasure. It, it, just now, guy, it just gave it to me. So it's a fresh example. I, I first looked at the picture, like, whoa, this is so nice. But then it like it, gave, it, it animates me. Like so, by the Avishter, when we talk about these, um, the, the, this kind of pleasure, pleasure of Hashem, it's not a pleasure from something on the outside. 
talking about Hashem's pleasure, which includes both of these kinds of movement at once. In the infinite light of Hashem, there is a fusion of chesed and gvura. It's not two different directions, which are, have two different times, but they're one. We find what the infinite light of we find also a passage in the Tukun Yisrael, which also highlights how Hashem incorporates two opposites as as one. It says there that the infinite light of Hashem is above without any end, and it descends without any limit. One thing that means is that Hashem has the power to be high, to hide Himself. And Hashem also has the power to reveal Himself, to be low, to contract His light, to, to animate the lowest kinds of creatures. And Hashem has the power to, to hide Himself and, 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 and to um, uh, be beyond creation. To be above without any limit. So by the infinite light of Hashem, these aren't two different things. Rather, this, um, this essential light has two, um, two opposite movements within it. And Hashem's infinite light descends from His pleasure in Himself, in His infinite light. And this pleasure of Hashem, this pleasure of His essence, is vested. What does Hashem have pleasure from? Hashem has pleasure from the Torah. So unlike by us, when we have pleasure from the Torah, the pleasure of the Torah is something outside of ourselves. However, by the Abishter, it's His pleasure of His essence that He put into the Torah. So time it to This is the pleasure of Hashem in the wisdom of Torah are connected to the deeper reasons of the Torah. I'm not sure what, um, the, way, the way they translate it here is, is that the pleasure of Hashem is what causes there to be their inner dimension of Torah, the, uh, the inner reasons for Torah. Um, that these reasons, the inner reasons for Torah, have in it an expression of Hashem's infinite light. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure exactly why specifically the infinite light of Hashem is connected to um, the inner reasons for Torah. It does say that, that, that the inner dimension of Torah is the expression of Radla. It says that other parts of Torah have a certain classification of what part of Torah they... Um, each system of Torah, each, each level of the four... Explanations of, to- explanations of Torah, Prat, Ramaz, Dush, and Sayyid have a certain parameter, a certain way they work. The inner dimension of Torah doesn't have a parameter. The Chassidus doesn't have any specific pattern. And therefore, it, it is an expression of Hashem's infinite light. I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's connected to this subject or not. I have no idea. But either way, in the Torah, there's an expression of Hashem's delight. Hashem puts His delight in the Torah. And that's what you find in Torah also. We find in Torah... Two opposite things. We find kindness in Torah and we find judgment in Torah. As the Pasuk says, the Pasuk says two things. In the same verse, it, it highlights these two elements in Torah. It says on his right hand, there is a fiery covenant. You hear the two things? Fire ascends upwards. That's Gvura. That's just like fire ascends upwards. So fire represents restraint, how you're holding back something, how you're judging. I don't want to give. 
And the right hand of Hashem, on the other hand, highlights Hashem's kindness. Right is associated, associated with giving and chesed. So in that very same verse, we have right, revelation, and we have concealment. So Torah has both. The Torah contains within it these two elements of chesed and gvura. Torah has in it kindness. Torah has leniencies. Torah has in it also stringencies. Why does Torah have both? Because the Torah comes from the pleasure of the essence of Hashem. And since the essence of this pleasure comes from the infinite light of Hashem, which contains within it these two opposite powers of ascending and hiding himself and revealing himself, so therefore also in the Torah there are these two elements of kindness, leniency, and stringency. Just like the infinite light of Hashem ascends upwards, and it, it's a day of gvura, hiding, ascending, and revelation, that's why in Torah also there's, there are these two elements. Even as Torah is in this world, Torah is, in the, Torah is studied in every world. As we say in our benching, for the Torah that you taught us. The Rizal says that your Torah refers to the world of Atsilas. The you taught us the Torah refers to the way the Torah is in Brias. In every world, the Torah is studied. We just had an Ayom Yom a few days ago. Ayom Yom, it says a few days ago, we learned, um, never mentions the Gemara's uh, passage about studying Torah sometimes. People study Torah at various intervals. So the Semach Sadek said that learning this passage um, in this world, it means learn Torah once in a while or at certain intervals. But the way this same passage is studied in heaven, there's no, there's no deficiencies in heaven. It's a world of truth. So even what sounds to us as something which has a deficiency, the way it's studied in the world of truth, there's no deficiencies. It's all perfect. So, so in our world, I mean, it's in Torah, but it's not, it's, it's, it's sometimes. In heaven, how is this same passage interpreted? You know, in Torah in a way that, that you're overwhelmed by the Torah, that, takes you, that, takes, that, that, that you are taken by the Torah. Uh, that it, 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 it overwhelms you, breaks you into pieces, so to speak. Not literally, but it, it, you're, you're taken by it. It's, it's, it's like we learned about the guy going to the museum. He's not looking at the art museum, not just taking all the details of the photo of the picture, but he's overwhelmed by it. So, anyway, so the point is that um, Torah is studied in every world, and every world of Torah there is these two things of kindness, of leniency, and stringency. Where does it come from? It comes because the infinite light of Hashem has these two uh, components. Therefore, the Torah also has these two as well. And that's why the Torah is called the Torah of Truth. We learned yesterday that truth is something which is in the center. It's not, um, t- t- it's not, the truth is not to be, like, also in Hayom Yom, truth doesn't mean to be more stringent upon yourself, to be light on yourself. Truth means to actually get things right the way you really are. So truth is not too much chesed or too much kvura. Truth is truth in every place and every time. It's, it's, un- it's unchanging. It's, 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 the, it's the center. And as we learned also yesterday about the, um, the three verses, that when you have two verses in Torah which contradict each other, the third verse doesn't um, uh, side with one of the two verses. And therefore we have two against one. Rather, the third verse explains how these two verses aren't contradicting each other in the first place. Truth incorporates within it the opposites. Truth incorporates within it all, all the factors. 
And therefore, what is infant light of Hashem rest? Infant light of Hashem rest in the Torah. Because the Torah is an expression of this infant light of Hashem, which has within it these two uh, kinds of revelation, a helem and gilui, lamaylad and ketz, to be above that any limit and to descend that any limit. In short, we learned in this chapter, the Torah is called, it comes from the essence of Hashem's pleasure, and it has within it these two um, feelings of pleasure, where you're overwhelmed or chazer from the pleasure, and or yasha, where the pleasure animates you. And that, because the Torah incorporates within it, the Torah is Hashem's pleasure, and pleasure, and this pleasure of Hashem has these two components within it, therefore the Torah also has these two components of chesed and gvura. And that's why the infant light of Hashem rests in the Torah. Let's go to chapter 32. Um, this explains why it's so important to learn Torah. This is the meaning of the verse that we say in Asher every day. Hashem is close to all those who call Him, to those who call Him with truth. You call Him. You call Hashem Himself. We said before that what's in the Torah? The essence of Hashem's pleasure. How do you call Hashem Himself? You call Hashem himself by studying the Torah. The Torah is truth. And especially when you study Torah for its own sake. For its own sake means you want to draw down God's light in the Torah that you're studying. This is the fundamental intent of the midst of studying Torah. You want to draw down Hashem's infinite light. You're calling Hashem. You're learning the written Torah. You're learning the oral Torah. What are you really doing? You're causing Hashem to respond to you. When you learn Torah, you're reenacting Mount Sinai. Whenever a Jew studies Torah, all of a sudden there's a there's a voice that comes out from heaven. Yeah, the chauffeur on cue over here. You see, when you learn Torah, you're causing revelation. Whenever a person reads Torah, whether it's a written Torah, whether it's an oral Torah, oral Torah, God comes and he and he reads the Torah next to you. As a pasuk says, God is your shadow. The Mahashantiv explains that Hashem does what you do. You learn Torah, you cause Hashem to learn Torah. It says the voice is the voice of Yaakov. What's the voice of Yaakov? The voice of Yaakov is Torah study. The voice of someone who reads the letters of the Torah. What happens when, when, when you read the letters of the Torah, you cause Hashem's light to descend into the Chachma of Torah, into the wisdom of Torah. Because you cause a voice of God. The voice of God and the voice of Yaakov become one. When you say words of Torah, you elicit the voice of Hashem. You cause Hashem to respond. When you learn words of Torah, God Himself reads that same Pasuk with you. He reads that same Halacha next to you. Hashem's infinite light vests itself in the voice of Torah that you're studying. Just like the Torah before creation is one with Hashem. And it's called Hashem's pleasure. That Torah, which is called Hashem's pleasure, is in your Torah when you're studying it. So you're calling Hashem literally with your study of Torah. That's the meaning of studying Torah for its own sake. For the sake of Torah, to bring Hashem's light in the Torah. When you learn Torah, you cause Hashem to draw Himself into the Torah. What part of, what do you bring into the Torah? The pleasure of Hashem's essence. 
And this is how you will cause there to be this fusion of, we learned yesterday when you learned Torah, it causes peace in the heavenly abode and peace in the earthly abode. Peace in the heavenly abode means there's a peace between Chachma and Bina. Although Chachma and Bina, we learned they're opposites. One wants to go to the essence of the idea, one wants to go to the details, but they work together. What, what caused them to work together when you study Torah, Torah caused them to, 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 to work together, and as the Zohar says, their two friends are never separate. What caused them to, be, to, to, come, to connect like that, to become these two friends? Although they're opposites, it's, it's because of Torah. To, Torah causes them, throughout the whole spiritual cosmos, for it to be in the right balance, with the concealment and revelation to be exactly the way it's meant to be. Although there seems like opposite things, but they all come together. How do they come together? It's through the revelation of Hashem's light, and that light is drawn down by our study of Torah. In order that there should be the right measurement in every single world, the way it's supposed to be, the right amount of revelation, the right amount of concealment. That's what truth is about. Truth is something which includes within it all opposites, so it should be in the right measurement. Truth is in all places and all times. It's not where there's 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 a, there's no balance where one thing is more than the other. True and, and and it's it's unbalanced. Truth is in the right proportion. The way, way things are meant to be. Therefore, when we study Torah, we cause the right balance. The idea of the right balance is that they don't oppose each other, but rather they shine together consistently all the time, like two friends who never separate. Chachma and Bina come together. It's not like Chachma overwhelms Bina and Bina overwhelms Chachma. Rather, they work synergistically. And there's a consistent flow from what is concealed to be revealed. There's a consistent flow of creation and in, in all levels of the spiritual cosmos. And it's like a wellspring that issues forth constantly from concealment to revelation to become a, a river. From the wellspring, from being just a wellspring, it turns into a river. That's what happens in the entire spiritual Cosmos, that there is a flow in an orderly way of each level connecting the level beneath it. And this is achieved by the light of Hashem in the written Torah and in the oral Torah, which are called the book and the um, story. The written Torah and the oral Torah, respectively, are called the, um, the, 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 the written Torah is a book. What's the story of the written Torah? You need to have the story of the oral Torah to explain it. So this is the truth of Hashem, which is found in the Torah, and this is how we bring down the truth of Hashem, by studying Torah, and by studying Torah causes peace in the whole spiritual cosmos. Uh, so in, this is the end of this, uh, the main part of the Mimer, and uh, we should have rang, we should make us see him tonight, hopefully uh, we should have rang and celebrate the conclusion of the Mimer. What do you think, guys? After Mimer, we should have rang, celebrate the conclusion of the Mimer, not... not uh, not concluding, concluding. We always must hold on to it, but... Uh, I still have a conflict, and this is not the purpose of the Is truth a, it's a singularity, or truth is like social justice for all the elements in society are important I think we need to bring Zev Kassel to the very to get the answer to that question. I see the conflict. I see that. That's, that's what I bring about. What's the question? Is truth a singularity? Or is truth social justice where everyone's uh, represented in uh, correct proportions? I think I think I think the the, the um, 
the correct proportions is a, is a good thing. That's what we're talking about. Mentions the mimer. All right, Mitzvah and Zev, we're gonna come to the ring with us tonight. We're gonna assume the mimer tonight. He, he, he said he wants. He's like, he's in call to.